Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Market in left corner three. Yes! Oh, I'll tell you what, Bill, you better get the umbrella because it is raining trays here in Atlanta. It's a rainy night in Georgia. One bounce, two bounce. Spins that ball. The release. It is up and it is got it. He went three of three at the line to tie the game of 124. Now it's Zach Levine to the rack with a right-handed power dunk. Right through the paint. Oh my goodness, he brought it down with 39. Pulled down by Selden, and the ball game is over. Bulls win. Bulls win. Bulls win. And for the fourth overtime, Bulls win. 168, 161. Wow. What a ball. Game. I thought both teams, you know, had great toughness just to hang in there and keep grinding and, uh, play the way they played so obviously we see these guys again in 36 hours whatever it is so uh we got to get loaded up and get ready to go again i'm dead that was the longest game ever um i'm upset with our with our, with our execution at the end we we fought back we took the lead and then we couldn't finish in the last you know close the seconds of each overtime um and we, we've been able to do that lately but you know we kept fighting you know we i don't think any of us had legs at the end so it was uh, it was a tough and rough game, but it was uh, yeah, that was that was long. I'm gonna need you to go ahead and come in tomorrow, so if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Oh, okay. Oh, and I almost forgot. Uh, I'm also gonna need you to go ahead and come in on Sunday too. Okay. So I'm sorry to report to my friends in Chicago the nightmare continues. Chicago Tribune sports page. Really? Column by Stephen Rosenblum. Steve Rosenblum. You know him? Never heard the Never name before. Yet. Steve Rosenblum. I think Chance the Rabbi is the way to go. Brian Paruk. Well, when's he coming back? I said, you want to come back? And it was an emphatic, no. We're glad he misses us. Sitting in for Mike Esposito, who's sitting in for Jordan Burnfield, who's sitting in for Wayne Randazzo, who's sitting in for Mark Grody, who's sitting in for Brian Paruk. It's Matt Spiegel. This is funny. We're trying so hard to make this funny, and it's not funny. They suck, so you don't have to. Baseball is full of suck right now. For some reason, they sing. With a duck duck here and a quack quack there, right? Take the last train to Turdsville, and we'll meet you at the station. Take the last train to Turdsville. They're in need of sanitation, don't you know? Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. They won't stop singing. Lido. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It's a master's course 
in stupid. You're tapping two kegs of stupid, and it is really flowing. What percentage is five bucks uh, on a hundred? They have celebrity rebukes. This is Wayne Mesmer, Senior Executive Vice President of the Wolves. You know, in all my years involved in sports and many teams, I have never been involved with something that sucks so badly. The three words that best describe this show are as follows, and I quote, Stink, stank, stunk. It's Rosenblum and Spiegel on WSCR. 670 the score. We should be 670 WSUK. Good morning, welcome in. Steve Rosenblum, Matt Spiegel, Saturday Suckage. It's been a while, but I don't think anything could suck more than four overtimes and having the Bulls actually win the game and hurt their tank chances. Matt Spiegel, let's talk about Jerry Reinsdorf's other dumb team. <laughs> You've lamented I... the White Sox. We'll get back to them uh, later. You just, I'll just oh. lay out and you no. go full metal. Bulls aggravation. I actually tried to enjoy that game and ignore the underlying pointlessness of the of the exercise, as well as the direct negative effects of beating the team you are trying not to catch. I, I was able to actually separate because I love Trey Young so damn much. Well, share your Trey Young love with the class. He was nine years old. In 2008, when Oklahoma and Blake Griffin hosted Davidson and Steph Curry, and he was in the building. Trey Young was in the building at age nine. No idea. When Steph Curry put up 44, Blake Griffin had 25 and 21 rebounds, but Steph Curry put up 44. Me and Zach Withers watched the four-minute highlight of that this morning. Oh, really? Because nine-year-old Trey Young remembers exactly where he was sitting, and he went to Oklahoma and people have been calling in the next Steph Curry for a couple of years now. And last night, you saw why. That dude is the real deal and is going to be an absolute stud in the league. And just the stones, the stones on the guy. Yeah, well, when it was Pete Maravich, remember, there was no conscience. Yes. He had no conscience. Yes. That's Trey Young. Yes. A guy, one of the things last night's game does, 168 to 161, quadruple overtime, is it allows for these things that you usually only see out of Jason Stark when you get ridiculous baseball games, right? You get these <laughs> right. kind of numbers broken down. Right. Christopher Kamka will bring in all sorts of weird things. Uh -huh. But okay, so Casey Johnson had noted this, and to do this on the fly is something else because last night was miserable for a beat writer's standpoint. But he, he brought it back this morning in a 1,700-word piece on what happened. <laughs> Good morning, Casey. Chicago Tribune. How did that cocaine work out Trey you? Young, your guy, had 29-7, and seven, and that was just the fourth quarter in overtime. <laughs> he had 29-7. and seven. Awesome. Yes. How about three rookies in the last 40 years have had 40 points and 10 assists in a game? Only three rookies. And they are LeBron James, Michael Jordan, and Trey Young. Hello. 
Good. Let's lie. I mean, it took four overtimes to get there. The team, that's but almost the there. Sesame Street team picture. One of these things is not like right. the other ones. But not me- yet. But remember, like, I, I, I loved Steph Curry at Davidson so much. And I was in arguments right here on this radio station saying, no, man, the guy is going to be good. He, I know it takes a lot for a little man to be special, but he's got no conscience and wide open range. And mm-hmm. he carried a, a band of jamokes to, to, to where he carried them. And he has, obviously, he turned out to be Steph Curry and Trey Young. People have doubted. Is he Jimmer Fredette? You can't be Jimmer Fredette. No, Trey Young is is the real deal. And yet the Bulls are the ones who won. So dang it, yay! Yeah, five well, of six. The, one of the things I liked about that, if you divorce yourself, it's really hard to divorce yourself for what's best long term for the team, which would have been to lose. And they had chances to lose. Mm. All, all Otto Porter Jr. has to do is miss <laughs> one of the three free throws at the end of. Regulation yeah. and they lose. All the all the Hawks have to do is convert one of two brutal Zach Levine mistakes at the end of third overtime. Mm. The air ball on a, a fallaway air ball. Oh my God. And then he's like, I don't know what, sixty feet away from the basket and he charges into Vince Carter and turns <laughs> over the ball. And they one second left they get a shot. You know, happened to be the guy with the worst hand. I don't think Alex Len was born with hands. I just, I think he has just like two by fours there. He's awful. He cannot catch balls in close. He's, he's whatever. You know how they used to describe sometimes it was Luke, Luke Longley, but Bill, Bill Cartwright and Michael used to just fire the ball at him and just, mm. and, and those are the kind of hands he's got. The Bulls had all kinds of chances to lose that game. And that would have been sweet. They couldn't do it. No. Couldn't pull out the tank win. But you know what the, the Trey Young, Zach Levine thing was, it was like two teams, but two, only two guys are playing horse. They're playing their own little game. Mm. Sometimes you see that stuff. Sure. It devolves into that. I'm thinking of Dominique Wilkins and Larry Bird in a playoff series decades ago. Right. Right? And that makes it worth... Are there other guys here? There, <laughs> is anybody else playing? It makes it fun. Well, this is the thing. You know, this is the sad truth of the experience last night. Lowry Markinen, after the game, said, It's pretty fun. We were talking about it being kind of like a playoff game since we play these guys again on Sunday. Obviously, I haven't been in the playoffs yet, Mm -mm. but I bet it's probably like that. Mm -mm. No, you play real good teams in the playoffs. Uh, You don't get to play crap. This is not not the sophomore level game. I I don't think Omari Spellman is starting. But it was... (laughs) It was sad. That's really sad. But it's, it's, you know, it's the best Lowry can do. The Hawks coach, uh, Lloyd Pierce, is that his name? Yes. He said last night, it's like the playoffs. No. This is exactly what a no. playoff atmosphere feels like. Now, where nobody plays defense? You play a team, they're going through the same sets. You come back two days later, you play them again. So that's what they're talking about because they play again tomorrow. Uh-huh. They'll make their adjustments on how to slow Trey down. We got to make our adjustments to slow Levine down as well. But, yeah, that's two horrific teams talking about how this was like the playoffs. For obviously two teams who have no idea what the playoffs are like. <laughs> they do not. They do no, not. They, they don't. And they just. Is this I, what the playoffs are like? No, no. No. You play good teams in the playoffs. <laughs> you don't give up 168 uh-huh. points. We will talk about. It is one of the games. That is, it's one for the ages around here for the Bulls franchise and for the people calling the game. Because it. it a broadcaster gets such a ride out of this kind of event. You're calling something historic. 
And writers will do that, too. Writers will recall that, what this game was like. We will talk with Chuck Swirsky, who was on the mic with Bill Wennington in, um, in Atlanta. We'll talk to him at 1140. He'll come on. He calls play-by-play for the Bulls on this very radio station. Yeah, because there, there was a million little things that went on there last night, including Lowry Markinen trying to defend Trey Young a couple of times, um, and also some really some good Zach Levine. So, yeah, let's, let's, let's talk to the Swirsk and see how we enjoy that. Let's see that where line. this ranks. I think he was on the call for Kobe's 81 against Toronto. I think he was calling games for the Raptors. So we'll we'll get Chuck to list some of his more notable games. At noon, there will be Mark Rohde here. Well, actually not here. He'll be on the air here, but mm-hmm. he will be. This is quarterback throwing day, except the quarterbacks aren't throwing. Well, Kyler Murray isn't throwing. Him and his, I guess, respectably sized hands. Yeah, whatever they the are. The respectable and his 5'10 height. No, Who, he's six. Wasn't he six foot and an eighth? Who? Kyler Murray? Yeah. I thought he would. I, I thought he, he went over the magic 10. number. I thought he was six. Okay, you check that out. Yeah, I, I'm David on it. Schuster. Yeah. Bulls, Bulls, Bulls. Now, David Schuster has, for those of you who have been around this show, we've, we've not been the only one mocking David Schuster for a man who hates extra innings, a man who hates the extra work, a man who abhors long games. But bonus time for fans. Fans love it. David Schuster hates those fans, and he hates the extra time. Well, if I have this right, on our radio pre and post game show, Steve Cashel was not a was not on the call on the pre game and post game show. David Schuster (laughs) was on the four another overtime on the record game. And Paul says so Schuster will be here at 204. That's that perfect. That's just outstanding. So we'll, we'll let Schuster whine. And Paul Sullivan of my former Chicago Tribune will be here to talk some baseball, some Cubs, some Sox. Sully won himself a column writing award as noted by Associated Press sports editors. And well-deserved, terrific job for him. And he'll be here talking. You know, he's not – he goes, there's no reason to – he wonders why the White Sox say the things they say, and he wonders why they don't let it go. And oh. he's right there saying the White Sox fans should be angry. Your team swung and missed, and it sounded like they were playing. They were the JVs trying to play with a varsity, but they lost to another JV team, which makes the whole thing even worse. They sure that that's well said. And that did he where, write that? Or is no, that, did that you that's what I did. I'm just, you should. You I should, should talk. be a writer. You should be a writer. So. Your choice. <laughs> Death is not an option. Kenny Williams or Gar Foreman? It, what, what am I choosing them to do? Speak? Who's worse? Who are you most sick of? Who shouldn't be allowed oh, in public? Kenny. More than Gar? Yes. Yes. Well, then you better tell the White Sox. The Bulls figured out Gar shouldn't be allowed in public. Yeah, no, the, so the you're White, right. The, 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 the White Sox, to me, it's, it's I mean... They should have. They should have realized a while ago, <clears throat> and I can't imagine that they don't. Kenny awkwardly muscling up is a tradition unlike any other. <laughs> Just completely awkward and undermining the nuanced message that Rick Hahn tries to get across. And in this particular case, so committed to coming across like a tough guy. 
But that's the football mentality. Correct. He's always which, had it. And and it worked very well for that team of junkyard dogs sure. that won a World Series. Hey, and it used to work very well for, for a lot of things. Remember, every trade deadline, they'd go for it. Mm-hmm. Instead, of, instead of maybe kind of going back or trying to sell, they would buy. And fans loved that. Mm-hmm. And that, that football mentality and giving you that, that, that chip on the shoulder for a fan base that, that, that likes that and identifies with that. No, it was really good for a long time. That time has passed. When, well, the- when he and Ozzy broke up... It it should have been both, and then when Rick Hahn can this marriage be saved? Step forward, no. Ste- Kenny should tell Daryl Van Schouwen, you know what? I can't talk. Kenny should tell Shea Pepler, I can't talk, and he hasn't either. The last two times those people have tried to talk to him. So one of the times he comments on missing out on Machado before Rick Hahn does, mm-hmm. and then the other time, two days ago, he reignites Sox fan anger and restarts the news cycle. Of his organization getting ripped because he's arrogant enough to believe he can speak for White Sox fans and thinks he needs to come off tough. Actually, I think he did more than just rip off the Band-Aid. I think he created new scars. I think that we'll get into that after, the, after we take a break. We, because there's too much in what he said to ignore... The, the gashes he left and created that I don't think were necessarily there when they failed to get Machado. And there is a White Sox history of this. Mm. I had to go back some, some time, 25 years, but I went back and, and, and it, it sounded familiar with what they did with what happened here. Interesting. And I'll bring that to, the, to the airwaves. So I'm Steve Rosenblum. He's Matt Spiegel. We are Saturday Suckage. We will be talking with Chuck Swirsky. We'll talk bulls with him at 1140. In the meantime, we'll come back with some White Sox discussion. And uh, by the way, Kyler Murray officially five foot ten and one eighth. Okay. And 207 pounds. But even at 5'10". thought there was going to be no math here. I suck at math. That's good news for him. 5'10 and 200. That's Russell Wilson, essentially. So, you know, if you're 5'10 and Russell 200. Russell Wilson has, like, massive hands. He could... That's that's a Russell Wilson thing. Mm. So a guy who runs like that, those kind of hands, you hold on to the ball. Yeah. Ball security is coaches feel better about. It. Should I can I go ahead and make a prediction based on that just real quick? Kyler Murray will be the number one pick in this draft. Okay, wow, look at that yep. hot take. Yep, he's Matt Spiegel, hot taken. <laughs> We're gonna take a break. Rosenblum and Spiegel Saturday suckage. Of course, look, I don't even know how tall a guy is. Of course, it's Saturday suckage. <laughs> Chicago Sports Radio six seventy. The score. Love that guitar riff. Guitar riff Saturday. And play the monkeys. But I'm so knocked over that Tributosaurus did the monkeys. Hmm. And I, I heard um, I'm a believer on the way in. And I thought, it's really, I, I just can't imagine having seen some of your shows. Yeah. The idea that somebody would be Mickey Dolenz or Davy Jones and you would do their songs. Well, we don't inhabit the persona. Remember, there is no clothing. Oh, I want to see leather no. leather fringes. <laughs> I want to see that. There are no purposeful haircuts nor wigs. Wow, that's nicely phrased. There, purposeful haircuts. Um, there, there is no makeup. 
Although the one time we did the Eagles, everybody wore a fake mustache just for fun. I too. I, like, I went to one of those seventies cost- porn mustache. Well, I went to a, a, one of those places, and there were. Uh, one of those costume places, and I got you can get like a board that has nine different style mustaches on it, you know. So like, okay, I'll pull this one off. <laughs> Who wants so you to have wear like this? Everybody one? in the band. That's right. Did, did you have like, a mustache draft? I know you're big in the oh, draft. Yeah, right. Did you have a <laughs> we, we didn't, but you know, there was some tussling over who was going to get which mustache. I'll have the sheriff hand me the cowboy. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. They had some big hair too. Them, them eagles. Yeah, in the early seventies, they yeah. had some big hair. That's true. Okay, here's here's Kenny Williams, and here's what's so aggravating. Uh, let me start with this. Mm-hmm. Occam's Razor. You're a big fan of Occam's Razor. I am. What did both Manny Machado and Bryce Harper's deal come down to? What the total number of dollars that they wanted. That's the simplest thing that we've heard for years. We heard Bryce Harper two year, for two years, right? Uh-huh. This is where it's going. It was going to be $400,000 or so. $400 million. $400 million, I meant, yeah. right? And, and you, so you had an idea. Manny Machado was going to get $300 million. For four months. <clears throat> Bryce Harper was going to get three twenty-five dollars or so. You, were, you knew what the step deal was. You knew what the number was. You knew what they wanted. They, you could not be more correct. I, all you needed to have was a Twitter account or perhaps a newspaper <laughs> once in your hand yeah. over the last four months to realize, to oh, we're right here for you. Manny Machado wanted 300 And mm. Scott Boris, as it turns out, wanted to beat Giancarlo Stanton's 325. I'm sure every team knew that. None of this was secret. None of it. And even the White Sox should have known this. Oh, they did know this. Okay, so when you hear Kenny Williams say, again, people are lost on the fact that on a yearly basis, our offer was more than San Diego's. The annual average was $31 million and change. So it was not about years guaranteed. So it was about years guaranteed. Yes, nobody's lost. Nobody's lost on that, Kenny. So there's an argument that could be made that our offer was the better of the two. No, there is not. It certainly had more upside for him. All he had to do is basically stay healthy. No, that's not true. Here's... Where Kenny Williams, Rick Hahn, Jerry Reinsdorf, they're playing a different game. They're not playing the game that Manny Machado and his agent are. They're not playing the game the rest of baseball is playing. Well, I, they're, they're playing a game that doesn't exist. I think they didn't think there was going to be any team that would play the game Manny Machado wanted to play. And they were wrong. They allowed San Diego to get in the game. They waited long yes. enough. They thought they were smarter than the room. Yes. They were going to play their game their way. We're going to get this on our terms. And they got pants. If they if they if their number was 300 instead of 250. And and the White Sox say that in December, Merry Christmas, game's over. There's no Padres. There's a Manny Machado White Sox billboard on the side of the highway by the middle of January. He's got his own red line car. It's, it's just, it's going back and forth. They're, yes. they're selling tickets based on Machado. He's on the cover of the media guide when you get to Camelback Ranch in Arizona. Yes. And he's, he's if, everything. He is the face of the rebuild. He's the face of the friend. He's the face of the first bit of White Sox success since really, I don't count really Jose Abreu. I count the World Series. That's it. That's the first time. So you're dealing with. Almost, a, you're pushing a generation before you've been able to stamp it that way. You, you are you are 100% correct that if they offered $300 million, which is what he wanted, 
in December. Again, Occam's razor. This in, no in, surprise. That's what he wanted, and, and that's where he went. He went. He went to. He went to a, a, a an organization that's not ready to win. Sure, San Diego's nice, okay, but it wasn't about the weather. And the thing that really drives me crazy. Well, there's a lot of that drives me crazy. They went to the recruiting levels they did with Yonder Alonso and John Jay, where you sign Ed Manning to be the assistant coach. So Danny Manning goes to Kansas for Larry oh, Brown. Familiar with that? You know, so you, wasn't there a McLean thing at Illinois about that? Yes, yes, there was Wayne uh, Sergio, right? And Peoria, the Peoria connection. Peoria McLean. Sure, Milt Wagner was an assistant coach for John Calipari when right. Robert, Wag- Robert Wagner when he was making <laughs> heart to heart. <laughs> yeah, he was there coaching. No. But, uh, so you went to you the drink? recruiting, you went to the recruiting lengths, and that would have been great to tilt the balance towards you with all things being equal. Because you figured maybe there'd be another team that offered 300. Instead, they recruited, went to those lengths, hoping that they could get the guy on their terms. Why because they, they take, did that. Why didn't they take Yonder Alonso and John Jay's money and add it to the Manny Machado contract? That probably would have been more effective. Okay, now here's what's really, among many things, here's, the, here's, the, here's how they so badly misread the room. Mm-hmm. Kenny says all, they had, all he had to basically do was stay healthy. That's, that's insulting. Okay, it's not on Manny Machado to take any risk. He's the one selling the goods. He doesn't have to take any risk. Correct. So some team will walk in because the White Sox let them walk in and make that deal. Yeah, that's exactly. Okay, here's what this reminds me of. There's more that Kenny said. We'll get to it. But but, direct deposit data, (laughs) like dependable Direct deposit data that you can write in so on your good. calendar so for good. every two weeks for the next 10 years. Yeah. Manny's it, face could have been on an ATM all over the guaranteed rate field. That, that guaranteed money, uh-huh. it is different than the potential health-related money, the incentive money. How, how do you fail to understand that and then try to tell fans that they're not, they're the ones not getting it? No, they're playing a different game, and they've done this before. This is what I was um, – I, I went back to when Greg Maddox was a free agent because this jumped out at me when I saw Jerry Chairman Reinsdorf and whoever his GM was, the guys in charge, the brain trust, mm. they're going to be smarter than the room, and they're just going to play their own game and think the, the prize is going to go along with it. When Greg Maddox was a free agent, I remember Brian Hanley was covering the White Sox for the Sun-Times. I was at the Sun-Times as well. Ron Schuler's the GM. Yeah, we're, we're looking at him, Schuler said. We, 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 we can go three years. <clears throat> okay. Well, do you realize that the Yankees and Braves and anybody else who wants him is going five years? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we're going three years, and we're in Chicago. That's, that's that that kind of mentality, yeah. you're playing a game that the guy, the prize, the trophy is not playing. You have to play his game. Again, Occam's razor. What's the simplest thing to do? What's your number? Okay, here it is. That's how important it is. And here's what's really, what the, the, another thing that's galling, not that they misread the game, but one of the excuses was our fans would have been much more disappointed in our inability to keep this core together. What core? First of all, there's nobody who's proven that he's not 
beyond being the next Gordon Beckham. There's nobody you can guarantee me won't fail like that. They don't know who the core is. Exactly. And and fan- but you know a 26-year-old shortstop, third baseman, power hitter yeah. would be better than anything you have. And, okay, Louis Robber, that's, that's great. You want to have a career? Go have a career. Listen, you could have this sugar cream pie from Who's Your Mama on Chicago Avenue, which is my favorite pie in this city, okay? You which, could have which that. Which cream pie? Sugar cream, it's I've called. I've never heard of sugar cream. Neither had I, but my life will never be the same. <laughs> Here's your option on the left. The, here's a pie. Who's your mama? Is I'm this putting, better than Bang Bang? Uh, I don't know. I haven't had Bang Bang. Okay. Right. But Moving so around, here's a pie. It's on the left side <laughs> of your table. It's right there. You could have the entire pie right now. Or in seven years, you could have a theoretical pie. That I'm not exactly sure what the ingredients are, but seven years down the road, you're going to wish that you had the calories available to eat the pie that I'm supposing will be available. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm telling you. Mm-hmm. How freaking ridiculous it is. is that? It is. That's it, what... it, it's insulting. And, and our, our, our colleague Herb Lawrence tweeted this um, about, and it, it, to me it felt good about that. Hey, Kenny Williams, stay out of White Sox fans' business. <laughs> Who are you? Who are you to say how the fans feel? Yes. You don't know, and that's dead wrong. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. I, I don't understand how how it isn't. I guess he's he feels invulnerable. He feels bulletproof. He can say what he wants. He's a rung higher than than Rick Hahn, and I thought Rick Hahn handled himself fairly well. You could feel the hurt. I still think that. No matter what he said, he was going to look like he got pants because they did. They got beat by another JV team just like they are. Mm. And if you are going to ultimately claim, as Kenny Williams went on to do, this is one of the – see, there's more scars here. There's more gashes yeah, that's he what created. You said. He ripped open the, the Band-Aid. And what are the and, new, what are the and new then scars? Tried to, well, the, here's the, the idea that he's bringing up the core that doesn't exist. That yes. we won't – the uncomfortable level if we overextended ourselves. Mm-hmm. The, I don't remember hearing that before, but then why would you play the game? Yeah. You you hope to get them as a bargain? Yes, Otherwise, on their terms. So you're telling your fans, we either are going to get them playing the game we play or never at all. And guess what? The next guy was more expensive. So you're not getting anybody. You're not getting anybody good. Because they're going to want money, and we don't pay money. We don't pay it on their terms. Mm-hmm. We so want to pay it on, on, on their terms. We want to play our own game that nobody else is playing. Well, Jerry's been able to play the game on his terms for a lot of years in a couple of different sports. He's been able to play it on his terms. Just now, it, uh, I'm, uh, I find myself thinking about the stadium deal that he, that he finagled by threatening with the move to St. Petersburg. And he was able to play the stadium game on his terms. That's fine. When they wanted Albert Bell, they got him. They went for nine was the highest. I think it was Ryan Sandberg was nine. They went right. Andy McPhail says, didn't they ever hear of 10? And he went right to 11. And he, that's what you do. Yeah, there you, you go. You want Manny Machado, yeah, they did, they you did order that. it. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Why? You didn't like it 20 years ago? It was a better idea than what you had now. Mm. We got to take a break. When we come back, we will talk about the... Uh, the rather historic Bulls game, 
and we'll talk about with a man who is on the mic. Even is it? Do you think it's fair to call Chuck Swirsky indefatigable? Doesn't he broadcast that way? To me, he sounds indefatigable. He is remarkably consistent in terms of his energy. We'll see if he felt fatigable. <laughs> Rosenblumen. Who are you, Matt Speed? You're, I, right, yes. you're Sugar Cream. I'm, well, yeah, I, that would be your that would be your name. That's a good nickname for hey, a Sugar babe. Cream. Hey, Sugar Cream. What's up, Sugar Cream? Saturday suckage. It's Sugar Cream time. Chicago Sports Radio six seventy. The score. Pulled down by Selden, and the ball game is over. Bulls win. Bulls win. Bulls win. And for the fourth overtime, Bulls win. One sixty eight. One sixty one. Wow. What a like Chris said, you know, we wanted to approach this like a playoff game. Um, you know, very detail-oriented game um, where all the little things that we do that doesn't show on the you know, stat sheet, you know, it's important. And we was able to do that and come out with better. That last voice, Otto Porter Jr. The one before that is our next guest here on The Score. The indefatigable Chuck Swirsky on the call sounded a little fatigable, but after four overtimes and 7,000 points, you're entitled. Chuck, thanks for joining us today. Good morning, Steve. Matt, hey, before we get to the X's and O's, Matt, the biggest question of the day, how is Ruben doing, my man? Oh, you're beautiful, Chuck. He's awesome. He's seven. He just had his first piano party slash recital. And he was nice. he was scared and crying in the car on his way there, and then he stepped up and did it and came back to his seat and said, "That wasn't hard at all." <laughs> and I and I wanted to weep with pride, Chuck. It's like you know that's a feeling like nothing else. That is correct. Well, I'm happy for you. Really, am. It's great, isn't it? It's the Every best. Every day is a new journey, new destination. Well, there's 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 Chuck Swirsky putting it in proper perspective, like always. Hard to hard to ask about Lowry Marketing and Trey Young after. No, that. but I will ask where Chuck. You've been on the mic. Did I have it right? I've been or I've been an error uh, most of this hour in saying you were on the call for Kobe's 81 against the Raptors. That, that's correct. It was um, it was Kobe on a Sunday night. And no and it, one was there. The 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 A list celebrities, um, you know what, Steve? They 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 missed the invite. And the biggest celebrity attending the game was a comedian by the name of Andy Dick. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't know Andy Dick was there. That's awesome. Did you talk to him that night? Yes, I did. <laughs> All right. So having using that perhaps as a barometer, where would last night's game rank for you? Well. Uh, by the way, since we're on that subject, I, I will say this. The late, great Tom Petty, uh, we had a chance to meet him when he caught a Bulls-Lakers game a few years ago, and that was, like, awesome because I love Tom Petty. Rest his soul. Anyway, back to basketball. Uh, well, I mean, obviously, we did a – Bill and I did a four-overtime game uh, against Detroit a few years ago, but this this compared to – this went right up there, guys. I mean, this was unbelievable because of the score and the drama involved and how the games went into the extra period after extra period. I mean, it was it was bizarre. 
I mean, I was hoping actually for a fifth overtime. <laughs> of course, you were. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. it's because you you like basketball, you know, and you, you love doing it, and you can hear it in your calls, no matter what the situation is, or what the game is, or what the standings are. I, um, you know, before we talk about the Bulls who've won five of six and and what they actually have here with some of these players. Your thoughts on Trey Young, who folks have doubted at times, had kind of a bumpy first half of the year, and then last night showed you it was his third straight career high in points the last three games. Um, but he showed you last night the the full arsenal. He's he's remarkable, isn't he? Yes, he is. And you know what, I Matt and Steve, I, I'm I'm in that group. I I, I had some questions about his his, you know, build and whether or not he was going to be able to take the night-in, night-out pounding in the NBA. And, again, you know, we're talking about 60 games here, so I don't want to put him in the Hall of Fame yet. But what we saw and what we are seeing is that his range is Curry-like range. I'm not putting him in Steph Curry class. But I am saying that at a similar point in their careers – I mean, this kid, and he is a kid, he's 20, is coming down the floor doing pull-up 35-foot three-point field goal attempts. And he can beat you off the bounce. He's a terrific passer. I mean, he's much more engaged defensively than I saw two, three months ago, and one would expect that, hopefully, uh, as he gets a dose of reality in the NBA. But, I mean, wow, last night, I mean, he was fabulous. I, and, I mean, Levine was great. I mean, the Bulls did have three double-double players last night. Mm-hmm. Um, Chuck, talk about circle of life stuff. I mentioned earlier in the in this show that uh, Trey Young was nine years old when he saw Steph Curry and Davidson play against um, Blake Griffin and Oklahoma. And, and Trey Young was in the building when Steph Curry had 44 in that college game. But, wow. But, but then you go back further... And you used to play one-on-one with Steph Curry uh, when you were doing games that his father was playing in, right? Like a young Steph Curry and you used to play little one-on-one games before the game, right? Yeah, well, what would happen is Joe Curry, uh, for those of you who are really not familiar with uh, Steph and Seth, who, by the way, is playing with Portland, their father, Dell, was a terrific shooter. And uh, in the twilight of his career, he played his last three seasons with the Raptors, and the family moved to Toronto. And so my son at the time, who was, they played three years in a travel league against each other, Kelly Olenek, Tristan Thompson, Corey Joseph, all these players are in the pros. Wow. And so Seth and Steph would come in to the arena, home of the Raptors, you know, three, three and a half hours before a game, and they were so polite and respectful, and they would go, Mr. Not Chuck, Mr. Swirsky, can you come out on the floor and raise your hands? And here we're talking about a 9, 10, 11-year-old kid, and he was just jacking it up from 20 feet. <laughs> and, and I'm thinking, oh, my goodness. Okay, then. And uh, so, I mean, it was, it was unbelievable. But you have to understand also, Vince Carter was on the Raptors. And last night, oh. Vince Carter, at the age of 42, played 45 minutes. He became the oldest player in the history of the NBA to play 45 minutes in an NBA game. But And Henny drew the charge on Zach Levine at the end of the third overtime, and it gave the, the Hawks a chance to win. All of a sudden, this old man is 60 feet from the basket, and he's, and he's lining up. He's taking the charge. He's like, wow, this guy is really 
into the game. He is. Yep. That was terrific. Did you? Get you the, know what? He's in his twenty-first year, and I think he has something left in the tank. I think. Uh, I again, I can't speak for him, but I don't think he wants to retire, and nor should he. Well, he doesn't have to if somebody will pay him. Yeah. You know what? Somebody well, right, on the end of the right. bench needs a shooter. Yeah, you know what? See, he has made so much money. I don't think now it's about the money. I just think he wants to put on a uniform and play. And whether or not he returns to the Hawks, whether he does the complete circle of life, as Matt has said about you know our just our human existence in an NBA world, I mean, I think it'd be so cool for him to close it out back in Toronto, um, you know, being a mentor to that young Raptor club. But last night, it was it was wild. It was crazy. And, you know, I mean, look at look how many minutes some of the starters played for the Bulls. 55 for Levine. I think it was 53 for for Lowry. Um, Lowry didn't shoot a lot in that overtime, but apparently in some of the overtimes. Zach he, did. He had, well, no, I guess, I guess Lowry had flu-like symptoms, which I didn't realize. Yep. Um, but, you know, Lowry said, we were talking about this kind of being like a playoff game since we play these guys again on Sunday. Obviously, I haven't been in the playoffs yet, but I bet it's probably like that. I know he's talking a little bit about schematically. We see them and then we have to see them again. But, y- you know, I-, I feel for Lowry. I want Lowry to play in more important games. Well, I think we all do. And, and you know, the schedule, I mean, it's almost similar to what's going to happen next weekend. The Pistons are here on Friday, and then the Bulls play at Detroit Sunday. And the last weekend, if you have the schedule in front of you, um, which I do not, so I apologize, but I think the last week, week and a half of the season, I think the Bulls play the next twice in the last, like, five, six games. They play them twice to end the season. I think they get Philadelphia a couple of times. Mm-hmm. So uh, they're going to get a heavy dose of what it's like. Obviously, in the playoffs, it's a much different story, but I think what Lowry was talking about is you play the same team twice, and it gets a little bit edgy, which is good. You know, I think that's healthy. We're talking with Chuck Swirsky. He's on the call for the Bulls, and the Bulls and Hawks will renew acquaintances, and Zach Levine and and Trey Young will continue their game of horse on Sunday. But let me ask you something, Chuck. Now that you've watched the whatever evolution, whatever arc there has been to Jim Boylan's head coaching career, I judge a coach by what he does during the game, how he adjusts. What has changed? What about Jim Boylan's ability to coach the game in front of him? Well, I, I think I, I think initially when he took over for Fred, I think he was trying to implement a few of his, um, you know, coaching, um, you know, the, the foundation, the principles of what he was about. And I think he uh, he wants hard-nosed, tough-minded, almost like a Michigan State Judd Heathcote, and by the way, for our young listeners who said, who's Judd Heathcote or who was Judd Heathcote? He was a longtime coach at Michigan State. No, make him Google it, Chuck. Don't explain. Just make him Google it. Thank you, Steve. Google it on your phone thing. (laughs) You go right ahead. Tom Tom Izzo Izzo was his uh, lead assistant, right? Yes. Stop whiteboarding it. Let him Google it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I know plenty about Judd Heathcote and Tom Izzo, especially during my days at Michigan. But I think that that you know that's in the same mold, the same cloth. And I'll, I'll tell you what's what's really happened here, and that's the acquisition of Otto Porter Jr. 
He's because he's having he can really play. He's having oh. Nico's December this February. Oh, he, but he's a he's a complete player, yeah. just a very solid complete player. But he's been such he's propelled them to a place well that some people don't think they should be, given what given what Zion Williamson represents. But as the third player, describe how he fits, what he's done, and worked into whatever the Bulls' uh, approach has been, Chuck. Okay, well, I'm going to put both of you to work while I give you a 20-second soundbite. Look at Lowry Marketing over the last eight games since Porter has played. Mm. He missed a ball game, as we know, against Boston. But look at his free-throw attempts with Otto Porter on the floor. And it's startling to see that statistic because now there are lanes to be driven. There are seams going to the basket. And marketing has become not only much more aggressive because he has space now to attack the basket, he's also now a facilitator bringing the ball up from backcourt over the timeline, and he now has the ball in his hands to create. And there's a reason why marketing has taken his game to the next level. Some of that, obviously, is confidence. Some of the fact is that he's in a groove after missing 23 games. I think a lot of it uh, has to do with he has another plus player on the floor, in this case, Otto Porter Jr., who can shoot a three and shoot it effectively. Um, so having said that, Matt, Steve, do you have his free throw attempts ten in of, front of you? Ten of 12 last night for Lowry. Game before that, eight of nine. Uh, two games before that, another eight of nine. Then there's a five of six. There's a six for six, a seven for seven. So that's uh, that's a good point about you know um, what was it called uh, where, where one benefits the other in, in basketball. We that's call how that it works. Complimentary, complimentary, basketball. yeah, complimentary football was what I was thinking with Matt Nagy in my mind. No, that was Mark Trustman who said that. So you don't want to go there. <laughs> yeah. Chuck, thanks for your time. Go recover. Go get into an ice tub and make sure you're strong enough for tomorrow. You know what, Steve, I gotta give you, you're the only guy I know that can work in Mark Trestman in a Bulls conversation. You 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 get props for the day. Um no, because I was gonna work in Aisha Curry. For all I'm not really impressed with Steph Curry, but if you could get me in a kitchen with Aisha Curry, I watch her on the Food Network, then you can shoot, you know, you can have Steph shoot over your outstretched arm all you want. I just want to cook with her, okay? All right. Okay. Well, guys, have a great day. And, uh, Matt, uh, give my best to Ruben. You're the best, Chuck. Right, thanks, thanks, man. Thanks, Chuck. All right. Take care. All right. That's Chuck Swirsky. He works with Bill Winnington. Wow. You hear him on the score. That's a very kind man. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. He's yeah. indefatigable. He sounded a little fatigable. Who wouldn't be? And uh, they'll, they'll rev it up tomorrow, Bulls and Hawks, because somebody has to finish fourth in the tankathon. All right, we will uh, change subjects. We will go out to Indianapolis and talk to Mark Grody. Used to, this used to be his show. He used to be on the show. He's not on the show, but he will be on the show. And we'll talk Combine, Bears, and, and Weight Watchers. And Weight Watchers? All right, good. Sure. Look at that. All right. This sucks. Chicago Sports <laughs> Radio, 670 the score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.